Come on. This is George G, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Bessie Graham. Bessie, are you ready to do this? I am indeed. Well, let's go. Bessie is an award-winning entrepreneur. She's got over 20 years working with business owners, governments, and large funding bodies to bring doing good and making money back together. She's a coach and a podcaster helping people to find fulfillment so they can leverage their wealth to make a massive difference. Bessie, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Sure. Well, I uh, I grew up in Australia in a family that really our core values were around things like work ethic and independence and perspective and social justice. So there was kind of this big drive to figure out how do you actually contribute to the world. And that has really driven a lot of my work over, particularly this last 20 plus years, where I've been trying to figure out how do you bring these worlds together of doing good and making money that too often are seen as very separate things that cannot coexist. And for me, it was about saying, okay, I want to not just work in the government space or the charitable sector or the corporate world. I see value in all those spaces. So how do I bring them together? And that really has has driven what for me, if you think of that overarching why, was about saying, I want to awaken for people that possibility that you can do good and make money in the same business and that business can be a really powerful agent for change. So that has driven the establishment of an incubator that worked with social enterprises across Australia and the Pacific Islands. I've set up investment funds and done a whole bunch of work with government, or as you said in the introduction, government and different big funding bodies, as well as that really practical work with business owners and entrepreneurs that are trying to get their organization to actually do some good in the world, so make a positive impact, but not do that in a way that assumes it can't be financially rewarding as well. Well, I appreciate I appreciate all that. I'm a massive fan of work ethic. I think perspective is one of the most valuable and the challenging things that we have and yeah. justice is one of my core values. So all very, 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 very important as, as you look, and I think it is interesting. It um, strikes me that it very much used to be these, these two buckets, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's, we we're making money, it's capitalism and, and get out of our way. And then we have the nonprofit or charitable worlds. And today, the rise of conversations around stakeholder capital and equity and inclusion and DEI and and, and um, impact investing and so, yeah. all, all these things. How are we doing? Well, <laughs> I think on the surface, you could say there is that progress. So as you said, there's more of a conversation now. I had the privilege of in back in 2000, so a while ago, uh, working with the first ethical investment advisors in Australia. And the reality is that we have decades of track record in the ethical investment space, which, as you said, now we're kind of calling impact investment. There's been this, this move to different phrases and different focus areas. There has been work going on for decades, but it hasn't been mainstream and it's still been 
almost that piece of saying, well, that's wishful thinking as if you could actually make money while you were actively choosing where you put your money to work in the world. And yet we can actually see that that is possible. So on one level, we're doing really well because more people are becoming conscious of and talking about these things. But I think the the piece that's interesting for me in all the organisations that I've worked with and when you get to engaging with boards and, and others that are making decisions, while people are fascinated by the conversation and there is this deeply human component of wanting to find ways to be more aligned and bring that fullness of who we are at home and what we value into our work, when it comes to that difficult point of now making a decision of where do I invest this money or how do I make my decisions differently? What's my risk appetite? When it comes to the signing of a check (laughs) or the transferring of cash, then these often unquestioned and unconscious aspects of the fact that we still have a mindset that thinks those two pieces are different comes out. And I have seen that many times over that while the conversation seems like people have progressed, we're not seeing the actual decision-making change as rapidly as the conversation seems to be and, and the transfer of that money and the way we make decisions is just not yet connected. But there is progress. So I think that would be how I would sum that up. Yeah, thank you. <clears throat> a little bit of lip service going on, which I, I guess... <laughs> Part of the evolution. <laughs> Better to be on the tip of everybody's tongue than 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 not there at all. But it hasn't found its way down to the hand to write the check. Actually, so yeah. I, I get it. Um, <clears throat> when when you hear the term "go woke, go broke," when you think about when we're talking about sustainability, and particularly when it comes to new forms of energy, I feel like a lot of people out there think that it's that sustainability isn't sustainable. When you have maybe those two phrases, does that make your skin crawl? Do you, what, what, what are your thoughts? I think probably the aspect with both of those phrases, even sustainability, which on its on its own isn't necessarily flipping to an extreme, but what comes to mind for me is that they still feel like this piece of make a choice. Which one is it? We're still going down mm. that road of um, you are going all in in one direction and then you just are crossing your fingers that you got it right. <laughs> like there's no room for for saying what is the nuance here? What is the conversation that needs to examine what's required if we're actually clear on what we're trying to achieve? And this is where some of those aspects of the mindset shift and starting to think differently about how what business's role is, what the role of capital is, what the role of charity is, all of these different things. Once we're clear on what we're trying to achieve, then we can think about, okay, so actually to address that problem, there is going to be a role for philanthropy. So what is it that we're going to do? Which work needs to be paid for with granting dollars or what's the role of government and and the delivery of charities? But where is the place for investment that should unapologetically be making a return? because it's taking a risk, right? So we need to have a conversation that is not pushing people into these extremes of, um, you know, all in intense um, one end of the spectrum because that type of thinking also then starts to, when we get to that position I spoke about before of we're actually getting to the pointy end and we have to 
transfer that money or make the decision differently, the fear kicks in, right? So we might have been excited and then we suddenly think, oh, I'm going to lose everything. Like this is all in. Um, whereas I think the conversation that we need to have is to start to say there is a combination when we come into, say, the impact investment space. And for me, when I say that, I'm not talking about it as an asset class. It's a lens that you look at all of the capital you have and how you're using that in the world. So it's a broader sense of impact investment. But when we look at that, if we say there's actually a mix of precedent, there are examples like I spoke about in ethical investment where there's decades of data that you can look at and actually see people making money in these uh, different investments that they're making where they're consciously choosing and measuring you know, the, the impact that it's having both financially and socially or environmentally. So there is precedent. So we can take away some of that fear of this is completely new and out there and we don't know what will happen. But we do have to be honest that there are aspects of it where we are pioneering. So there's both precedent and the pioneering aspect. And if we're more conscious of that, we can say, oh, in this particular investment, there is a part of it where we are taking a bigger risk and we don't exactly know what's going to happen. And then you can think about which type of capital you want to put to work there. So in, in a typical investment portfolio, you will have some money that you are happy to be quite speculative with. And if you lose it, you lose it. But then you have other money where you think, you know, I need to be able to retire on this and it has to actually be pretty um, conservative in the risk it's taking. So I would say looking at those types of things um, and rather than having this extreme where we're flipping to, you know, you must choose one thing over the other, it's starting to just examine it in a more holistic way. Makes a lot of sense. And the more nuanced look we can take at any, all situations, the better. <laughs> it's not all ones and zeros. No. I'm, I, 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 I understand, I think that I might, <clears throat> pardon me. I think I understand what, what, what you're saying. I'm still having a hard time bringing it all together in, 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 in my brain with, with a corporation here in, in the States. Obviously, there's a CEO. They have a board that they're responsible to, and then there's all the shareholders. So it used to be that they had their enterprise, and then they maybe had an arm that was for charitable giving. And we're talking about going a step beyond that and saying we need to have clarity on the organization in general and what we're doing and, 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 and do a better job of blending all of it. Yeah. So I think one of the things I always talk to organizations about is starting to have an approach that that is looking for the opportunities to do good inside the business. So the core business, you're right. We all have these arms where we can do corporate social responsibility, or we have a philanthropic foundation. There's different avenues where people are either making a donation or contributing pro bono time. Now, those things are great and, and we should do that. But this approach is about saying we are, as organisations, already having an impact on the world, whether that is in the well-being of our staff, whether that is in the changes or transformation we're creating for our customers, whether that's around the environmental impacts of our products. So there's all of these impacts that are happening based on the decisions that a CEO or an executive or a board are making. And this approach is to say, Come back to those things and look at within your core business, 
how could you make decisions differently or allocate money differently that actually contributes and makes a difference in the world. So it's that piece of um, not simply waiting till we can make a donation or give something to a charity, but taking responsibility for the, the business itself and the impact it's having on the world. Interesting. Fascinating. Smart. Certainly at every level, I'm thinking about just a giant nameless faceless corporation that has thousands of employees everywhere that they're spending their money if it's the paper towels that they're putting in the restroom and the, the however their employees are getting to work there's opportunities probably at every single level to make different decisions yes. that could be more aligned with your value and the impact that the organization is interested in having yeah and if we tie that back to your previous question about you know sustainability and is it sustainable the piece when you approach it in this way that's saying we're, we're attempting to bring back together doing good and making money. It's important to remember that we still had the making money piece in that conversation. Mm -hmm. So we're not saying an organization needs to be looking for what are all the ways within the business that you can contribute to your staff's well-being or have an environmental impact and ignore the realities of what that does to your bottom line. We're saying, how do we think about this and design an organization that can do both. And some of the ways that you do that, when you're more conscious of identifying those pieces within the business, you can do things like as you have staff that are in a place where they are feeling the environment, the culture is uh, is a more conducive one to them not feeling stressed and overwhelmed and overworked, you will see reductions in um, people leaving, like your turnover will go down, you'll have retention, which will mean you'll have less costs around employing new people, training new people. You will have happier staff that then treat your customers better and drive revenue into your business. So we're not trying to simply do good. We're saying there's actually ways that these two pieces can be uh, mutually reinforcing. And that piece helps to take away some of that fear of the decision-making when we get to uh, implementing some of these things, because where we have done the thinking and designed the business in a way where we can be confident that we will see increases in profitability and revenue on the back of the increases in the positive impact we're having. Better to have a long series of small decisions than just one giant decision of yes, we're doing this or no, we're not doing it. All on the table. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. And what, what is the starting point for, for an organization? How do they, how do they start by dipping their toe in the water, but then eventually jump all the way in? So some of those pieces that, that I already spoke about. So there's an aspect of needing to look at for the organization, depending how big it is, if it's quite small, it might be just the founder or the owner having these conversations um, at a small level. If it's a big organization, looking at the organization itself and really understanding the components around what are the core values? What are the drivers of this organization? Uh, what's the vision of where we actually want to go, what we're trying to, to be in the world, and how do we actually have a very clear sense of what success looks like. So there's these internal conversations that need to happen first that give clarity and almost that baseline to come back as a touchstone of are our decisions aligned with this? So you need to be clear as an organisation around those critical uh, factors. 
Then it's the moving into the components that I spoke about of starting to, to think about where do we spend money? So where do we spend the most of our money? And are there opportunities in that to put this to work? So where do we spend money and where do we have decision-making rights? So where are we already making decisions or influencing things? And that is the place to start because, as you said, you don't want to go to this massive all-in grand statement that actually you can't really have a direct impact on and then people will start to feel um, disappointed and and, um, lose interest over time. So I think it's that aspect of the internal piece, the clarity of where those opportunities might lie. And then, as I said, drawing that into how do we bring the doing good back into the core business itself, not simply as something we do once we make profit. Got it. And a similar process for for us as individuals? Absolutely. So again, it's that self-examination piece that I always say to people, you can't lead others until you lead yourself. There's the work that needs to happen to be aware of and conscious of your own values and and drivers and how you are currently behaving and making decisions. Um, So that piece changes slightly and is just more of a personal exploration rather than an organisational one. But the same steps then apply in terms of um, where are you spending money, how are you making decisions, and how do you bring the, the good back into the things you actually have control over. I love it. It's uh, particularly because with all of our consumer behaviors and where we're spending our money, there's probably an opportunity to just look one or two layers deeper and to have a pretty profound impact and to have how we're voting with our dollars and spending our dollars more closely align, if not perfectly align with what is most important to us and that vision that we see for for the world. So I love it. Well, Bessie, you've given us a lot, but the people are ready for that difference-making tip. What do you have for them? So for me, I think the, the piece would be for people to realize they are already having an impact in the world. So don't assume that that's something that will come later. Realize you're already having an impact. And the question is, is it a positive one? So To make a difference now, you need to stop waiting for when you've made it or sold your business or you retire. So don't put put it off to that point, but do that work that we spoke about of knowing yourself, knowing what you want to be part of contributing to in the world, and then acting on those pieces that you can already make decisions on that, that are already within your control. So those pieces are the the critical steps. And really it's that aspect of you've got this, like just do it, do the thinking and then jump into actually implementing that in the world. Well, I think that that is great stuff that definitely gets it. Come on, Bessie, thank thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? How can they engage with you? Where can they find your podcast? So my podcast is called Both And with Bessie Graham. So instead of thinking about either or and having to choose, I believe you can have both. So you can uh, check out the the podcast or go to bessiegraham.com and get in touch with me there to either go on the waiting list for our next six-month program or any of my quarterly sessions. So I'm back in the US again in uh, October for our next round and would love to just talk to people if they want to have a call and explore what does this look like for their organization. Again, you can contact me through the website, bessiegraham.com. Love it. 
Well, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show best of your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Check out the Both And with Bessie Graham podcast, wherever you listen to your podcast, and then go to BessieGraham.com. It's B-E-S-S-I-G-R-A-H-A-M.com. And check out all the different resources and figure out how to better understand and know yourself and then just get started. Thanks again, Bessie. Thank you. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight. We are all in this together.